That's a prime way of starting out this episode. But welcome back, everybody, to your favorite literature review podcast. This is Literature Reapers. And I still don't have an ingenious way of opening the damn show, so we're just going to go with welcome back. It's been a month. We are happy to be back with you. And joining me on the episode we have, all of everybody's favorite Reapers are with us. Uh, Let's see. I don't remember who went first last time, so Shanna, go ahead and introduce yourself and give some information about you and what you do so the listeners know who you are. It is me, Shan Marie. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh my God. Um, don't tell us everything you do. Keep it PG 13. <laughs> yes, am, please. I am Shan, everyone's favorite paid through Pascal Stalker. Um, I am one of the hosts of Crime Rewind with my girl, Amanda, where we talk about old and cold and sometimes untold um, crimes. And we do that every Tuesday morning. So you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Um, Also, I am one of your three literature reapers. I am me. Well, thank God you're you, because I can't be you. You can be you, and I can be me. And with Casey, that equals three. Free to be you and me, like Marlo Thomas said. (laughs) Oh, my God. My my co-hosts are fucking poets, and they didn't even fucking know it. Um, We knew. (laughs) (laughs) Dare I show it? Anyway... (laughs) No, I don't want to play. Don't be be a grower and a shower. But for those of you who did not recognize the other voice who is at the bottom of my screen right now, it is my OG co-host herself. OG co-host, say hello to the world. I'm not a grower or a shower. I'm a blower. I'm a thrower. Did you say a thrower? I'm a thrower. (laughs) Thrower? (laughs) I throw it back. Well, I'm a sower because we're reaping, so we're sowing. (laughs) Um, It's Amanda. No, don't tell me to fix shit because the past 72 hours have been some of the worst of my life. And I am a little sleep deprived, still a little emotional. I've had a little wine. Um. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad I was able to rally. And yeah, I'm ready to do the shit. 
Puke it's legit. <laughs> I was going to say, rally. in the words of fucking Billy Bob, Billy Bob. Puke and rally. I'm too legit to quit. So and honestly, are. and if Amanda and I didn't show up completely unhinged, like, would the show really be what it is? And wouldn't you be scared? You know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to chalk the fact that you and Amanda show up unhinged and ready to go off the cuff and hijack the fucking show as the reason why we debuted on Good Pods this last month at number 19. And we're still ranked in the top 25 for literature review shows. So hats off to the listeners for helping do that. And hats off to my amazing co-hosts as well for being the podcasting badasses that they are oh. so we revealed we revealed that on an evening at the movies earlier so i felt yeah we probably should do it on the show that actually that knows about the one should know about they, it <laughs> yeah pretty much because at the end of the day i'm hoping that there's not people listening to this show that don't listen to movies and don't listen to movies and don't listen to this you would hope you know what i mean I, I hope all the listeners from all the shows are coming together in harmony to make beautiful podcasts with all of us. Exactly. It's like, Even they're like, I are. love that voice. I can go listen to the other shows. And then they get introduced to new voices and they're like, holy shit, I need to go listen to that. And it's just, it turns into this big old library of podcasts to listen to every week. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And speaking so of being unhinged, Oh, I was just say, speaking of being unhinged, I am unhinged over this book, so I'm ready to talk about it. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm I'm ready for one fun. other quick idea though before we, before we get into this book. So, okay. speaking of unhinged though, how beautiful would it be to become unhinged on this show and have the great Chancey Grife come on the show and lose his fucking shit like he does on an evening at the movies? That'd be amazing. Chancey Grife's meltdowns are fucking a thing of beauty. And truth be told, <laughs> if you've never listened to an episode of An Evening at the Movies, again, discussed on the results episode earlier today that Amanda wasn't there for. But we were sending positive vibes to you, co-host. Thank you. Um, but we, Shanna and I discussed the fact that Chancey has fucking meltdowns literally on every fucking episode of An Evening at the Movies he's on. And that is part of the reason, I think, why... He has some of the highest rated or highest listened to episodes in the last nine months because his meltdowns are epically hilarious. <laughs> if he had read this book, I promise he would have shit to say. I kind of wish, well, we didn't know what we were getting to going into it. So, but I, I would love to hear Chancey's take on this book. <laughs> so, maybe here's we can my read thought. next month's book. Or here's the thought that I was thinking of is Chansey is a fine lover of everything horror. Mm-hmm. We've got October is coming up for it'll be my month to choose in the rotation. But um, we select a horror book or a horror book that maybe he might be interested in doing. And maybe we might be able to reel him in and have him be our first guest that we bring in for Literature Reapers in October. I have a couple of books in mind that I think would be in the right realm for that. More Grady Hendrix, first of all. But 
we can talk about that later. Fuck me, Jesus. We'll talk about that off the air because we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Final Girl Support Group or Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires or totally more of a domestic thriller, but it's also actually horrific, is Behind Closed Doors. I'd like to uh, see what he had to say about Behind Closed Doors for sure. Or My Best but, Friend's Exorcism. Which I still need to read, so yes. That one's good. Okay. So definitely I've read Final Girl Support Group almost to the end. I'm like five chapters away from being done. And I think that definitely could pique his interest to get him on the show. And it's not like it's yeah. that, that difficult of a read either. Because there's so, so many horror uh, movie Easter, Easter eggs, eggs is why I think, yeah. I was going to say the Easter eggs in that, I mean, it's literally every fucking page has a damn Easter egg on it. And it's like, it is not wow. my favorite book of his, but it is chock full of horror movie Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. So if you love horror movies, you'll love it just for that. Um, I thought that the story was somewhat book, weak, but it was still good. You know, so I don't know. That that book is like to literature, horror literature, what Scream was to horror movies. It's fucking Easter egg upon Easter egg upon Easter egg upon Easter egg. But Yes. So, with all of that said, we are going to be discussing, I know nobody can see it, but the last word. We're going to give our last word on this book because... I need more words to understand there. the ending. So. Here, here. I have the book in my hand. I want you both Throw to it. notice what I'm about ready to do. Throw it. Throw it. I, I, just, I just threw the book. So I am now officially a part of the club with Amanda and Shannon. We all three have thrown this book upon completion. So with all of that said, as before we get into the discussion, because I don't. Discussion. And just to I remind know. listeners, this was my pick. So if you yes. read it and don't like it, you can blame moi. No, you can blame the fucking writer. Don't blame her. Although, don't blame the writer, or at least don't give him an online review. Motherfucker. At least HG Again, we'll get to the reviews later. And again, back to my explanation as to why I gave my review the way I did on Goodreads. But uh, the last word was written by Taylor Adams, who is a native of the state of Washington. Hold on to that thought before we and remember it for when we get to the reviews. And it was originally published on April 25th, 2023. It is a thriller, suspense, psychological thriller, and also psychological fiction. And can be found in bookstores across the nation, as well as on Google, Audible, wherever, if you're an audio listener. Kindle. You can check it out there as well. Kindle. Your local library if you're okay being on hold for 27 weeks. Sorry. <laughs> right, because I did not realize waiting lists were that long at libraries still, but evidently that's still especially a thing. For especially for digital copies. I don't understand that. I, I mean, I guess you still have to pay for each digital copy and you can only, sh like, I feel like digital copies, there should be there should be a plethora of digital copies as opposed to physical copies. 
and it shouldn't be like like a legit it was like a 10 to 12 week waiting list the same for, this for me book. like it's a digital copy yes. kit i mean people yes. are checking it out share it with everyone make copies <laughs> did you make a copy of the tape because we can share watch it, the copy <laughs> sharing is caring motherfuckers and you're checking it out from the library so. it's not piracy so anyway exactly oh so, and back to back to I, what Casey said. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm I'm back hyper. What I was saying. I'm about the author being from Washington. Shanna, uh, what's oh. the over under on minutes of how how many minutes Casey will go on about how this author wrote Washington incorrectly? Uh, well, now that he knows we're counting, it's kind of rigged. That's I was true. gonna I was gonna go seven. No, because I I, I, I have. I have some planned thoughts that I would like to share about <laughs> the potential accuracies and, and or inaccuracies of okay. whether or not it's true to Washington. But well, we can first get of all, have you visited the, the entire state? And secondly, have you hung out with a serial killer that you know of? Have you hung out in a remote beach town that's hard to access? <laughs> yeah. With your dog? Um, so there are a lot of remote beach towns in the state of Washington. Hashtag Amanda will be finding this out. Amanda will be finding out someday when she does finally make the picture up here to see the Kurt Cobain house that is literally Amanda right and I'll find me. a little cottage somewhere on mm -hmm. a, a a sandy beach town and like we'll scare all the kids away. Casey can be our Probably, third Sanderson yes. sister. Yes. <laughs> he can be Sarah. Amuck, 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 amuck. Exactly. Hence the reason why I just we'll said let amuck, you be amuck, 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 amuck. All right. So, do either of you want to tackle the spoiler-rich plot summary of the book? Or do we just want to dive into the discussion and go for it? I mean, I can I can give a quick synopsis what? plot. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you can. Um, yeah. So, all right. The last word. Um, let's see here. Where do I start? Oops, hold on. The beginning. What if I don't like the beginning? Well, I wasn't we do a very beginning. It's a very okay. fun thing to do. I'm going to give a very vague plot description and then we're going to talk about it. After posting yeah, a negative are. review of a horror novel, a woman staying at an isolated beach house slash Airbnb begins to wonder if the author is a little touchy or very, very dangerous in this pulse-pounding novel of psychological suspense and terror. So, basically, someone reads a book, she doesn't like it, she gives the dude a one-star review, and um, small dick energy dude does not care for that, and then chaos ensues. Yes. All right. So, obviously, as we all know, Generally on both shows, I generally go with 
my leading discussion question being what about the movie and or book we'll go with book because this is literature reapers but what about the book initially grabbed your attention and made you want to finish ow reading it did you just walk into a ceiling fan <laughs> i walked into a stupid damn decorative ornament that is hanging off of the chain that you use to pull the thing on and i wasn't paying attention and it literally bonked me in the forehead bonked <laughs> bonk um so i will say first that i think with a little bit of revision this would make a good movie as i was reading it i was thinking this would make a good movie until i got to the very fucking end and i was like no like i'm okay with some books having loose ends or even endings where you don't get what you want but this ending was so loose that it's like you have to make your own assumptions and all those assumptions are not satisfactory exactly but anyway we'll get there when this we get ending there. was this ending was loose like a well-laid whore yeah and i'm going to mention here because i made a rookie mistake that these two did not make if you are going to read this book, make sure that you read the first acknowledgement that's in the book. Because it's part <laughs> of the book. So if read you the pay first attention one. to font, woman. I did not. Like, I'm just like, meh, I'm, eh. And then I, then I get to the second acknowledgement, the one that the author actually wrote. And I'm like looking through it just to make sure I don't miss anything. And I was like, you son of a bitch, you tricked me. Yeah. And I think that's part of the okay. allure or whatever. So, well, I was going to bring, I wanted to bring that up as well, because um, this is one of those books that you don't necessarily see this done a lot in everyday publication. But this story from basically beginning to end is the same story told from different perspectives, I guess you could say. From the killer and then the victim. Yeah. And so the writer the of also the novel. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like, you get the, where the premature ending comes into play is the fact that the killer slash psycho slash god complex well, looking motherfucker is we, writing the, i'm sorry we, i'm not i'm not should ahead. we wait to reveal that and talk about the other stuff first or you want to go ahead and do that now yeah let's go ahead and save that for later hashtag there is a big spoiler coming so okay ask what, ask your question again because i had an answer what about this book attracted you and reeled you in initially. Okay, so for me, uh, the plot line, obviously, I find very interesting that, because we all, the internet is such a, a place to be cavalier. Like, it's really, like, if, let's say, Casey, you wrote a book, and I don't know you, and I read your book, and I hated it. As As somebody online who I'll never meet you, and you don't know me, it's easy for me to go say this book fucking sucked. I would never read this or recommend it to anybody. Exactly. But if I was if I was face to face with you and you said, "Hey, what did you think about my book?" I would never say that. 
I would be, even if I didn't like it, I'd be like, hey, it wasn't for me, but, you know, kudos to you for getting a book published or something like that. So this is very much about how people are online versus how people are in real life and how being online allows you to be the worst version of yourself. And you kind of notice that too with Emma and the progression of the letters or the, mm-hmm. you know, the notes back and forth between them. Cause at first she just gave the review and just moved on with her life. And there wasn't anything particularly scathing in her review. Not really. And then he got offended and then he, you know, started his bullshit. And then she got a little more aggressive with her, you know, saying, no, I'm not going to take my review down. And then he'd get more aggressive and then she'd get more aggressive and they just fed off of each other. And that, you know, the boundaryless wild, wild west that is the Internet. Right. And so I where I I mean, I was interested in that, but I thought the first few chapters were kind of weird. I even messaged you guys about like, are there ghosts? Is this going to be a ghost book? Is she seeing ghosts like what's happening? And then we get to, I have it flagged here, chapter six, where, and this is where I got just pissed off. And I was like, okay, I have to keep reading this. When he's just going off on her about how she's stupid and doesn't understand how hard it is. And so, um, I'm sorry, I'm just going to read this little excerpt real quick, because this is what actually floored me to continue on with the book. Because at first I was kind of like, it's good, but I'm like, meh. And he's like, No offense, but you're a female. I'm a nice guy, but I have to shoot straight here. Females generally don't like action or horror. What kind of women is he talking to? Honestly. But anyway. Not us. Yeah. It's just biology. Why are you even reviewing it? That's like me reviewing a bra. And some women... (laughs) (laughs) It's a bra. Sorry. Um... Some, you said it, not me. Some women always fancy themselves as experts on whether a horror book is realistic or unrealistic. Like you personally know how a 223 caliber Colt AR-15 rifle works. Can you load and fire one? Or how to tie a tourniquet? Or what a tension pneumothorax is? That's what you don't understand. You're small time and I shouldn't let your uninformed opinion bother me. Um... But sometimes, as I say, it's the small knife that cuts the deepest. And here we go. That's why I am now ordering you take your one-star review down. That's yeah. why I was like, this dude can go fuck himself, not gently with a chainsaw. I got to see what happens. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then come to find out, like, later in the book, he's, like, secretly in love with Emma. And he's secretly a, a tip bag baby. Yeah. Like... But we'll get there. Exactly. Amanda, look at look at what I changed my name to. <laughs> it's a bra. That's a Selena reference for anybody um, who doesn't listen to our shows. Anyway, Shanna. Yes. Um, if you haven't checked out our Selena episode of An Evening at the Movies, I highly recommend you go over. And you don't have to even scroll back very far because it's only, like, from two months ago. So go check it out. It was a great episode. But... Um, Shannon, did you have anything else to add before I gave my two cents? I did. So I was pulled in like Amanda originally. This, again, was my pick by the plot of it. Um, I think it's really interesting because so many authors are doing the self-publishing thing nowadays. They don't really Mm -hmm. even need, you know, one of the big box publishers to get their stuff out there. And like he was saying, you know, this can make or break. Mm-hmm. someone's writing career so just it seems very 
timely as far as the plot. You know, it seems it seems current. And yeah. I really enjoyed that about it because it did have those relevant. Of, exactly. And I was really intrigued because, you know, as people who do book reviews, I mean, that's the basis of this podcast, you know, mm-hmm. what would happen if we're like, this fucking sucked. And all of a sudden we started getting emails and messages. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm hoping they take Casey out first and Amanda and I have time to hide and figure out the, what's happening. <laughs> but... So, um, spoiler alert, I'm just going to say this right now since Shanna brought it up, but I will not be giving this review for this book anything less than five stars because I live in the same state as Mr. Adams, <laughs> and I don't, I don't need him pissed off at me coming and hunting me down and killing me because I would like to review some more books on this show and not leave, have to leave the shows over to you guys. No offense, you guys would do a great job, but I'm not ready to leave this world and have. Least of all because of a book review. Right. Okay, I'm trying to find her. I'm trying to find her original. I'm not going to say. I think it says what it was early in the first couple chapters, but I'm not going to say what I'm officially giving it as a rating, but it is not less than a five. So. That Isn't that? Doesn't that kind of give it what it is? Because we do out of five. <laughs> I'm not giving it less nope. than five, but we rate to five. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. Nope. I may or may not be going over five because I'm protecting <laughs> my ass from getting killed. <laughs> well, I don't think Taylor Adams so. would, you know, write a book about killing book reviewers and then actually do it. Okay, well, the guy in this book wrote books about killing people, and then he actually killed them. Yes. Or did he? But Okay, so I can't... I mean, the, it's weird. the idea it's, had uh, to come from somewhere. She Taylor Adams, if you're listening to us by the off chance, take Casey first. Yeah, please. You know, we're a lot of us are talking shit right now, and I actually planned on tagging him in the post. Just because it's not a bad idea to potentially tag the authors of the books that we review if they have active social media accounts. Just as a way to possibly bring in some more listeners. Um, the way we're talking shit well, now, I don't think I'm going to be tagging him. No, actually, I would love for Taylor Adams to be listening to this and respond because I have fucking questions about the end of this book that I need answered. Same. Same. Hashtag maybe after we get chance to come on in October. <laughs> maybe we can poke the sleeping bear enough to get Taylor Adams to come on. And I am it. frustrated so enough that you I thinking threw the book episode. twice. I yeah. threw the book twice. I did too. <laughs> I did twice. Amanda only did it once though. She's not good enough. Well, because she didn't make the rookie mistake of not reading the acknowledgement. <laughs> right. I can't find. They only show hit. Her, her original review has to be in her somewhere. I wish I would have flagged it. I'm I remember at the reading. It's, it's all his responses to her, and they're back and forth. And the and the best part, I won't ask you again. And she replies with, "Good, you go, girl." All right. 
I'll keep looking for it, but Casey, uh, go on. <laughs> so, um, I, my thoughts on the whole thing were um, initially when Shanna picked this book, I saw the title and I thought, interesting three word title. Um, wonder what it's about. So, before I ordered it on Amazon, I pulled up the plot description and I read through Talk it. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. I got a tinkle. Okay. Okay, fine. You're not going to miss anything. Um, but I was doing, I was reading the plot description and I thought, oh, this actually seems like a genius idea for a book that I don't think anybody else has ever really tackled yet because right. you have the whole aspect of, for those of you who are new to the whole Casey and Amanda experience, um, both Casey and Amanda have dreams of becoming published writers. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that we're even um, forgotten about a project that we are collaborating on, well, it hasn't been forgotten, but it's way on a fucking back burner that hasn't even been freaking, that back burner has gone out and hasn't been turned back on for a while. And it has it been be. shelved and now maybe potentially harpooned because we know that the thing we're writing about is already a new project in progress. Yeah. So maybe someday in the very near future, we may reveal the idea that we had. But at this point, yeah. But just know that it is, I will say this, horror, origin, story, collaboration between two diehard slasher movie fans. Yes. So we'll leave it at that. Um, but the whole concept, like um, you guys were saying, though, with the way that self-publication and all of that is taking off today, and it's really opened up the... well, for lack of a better metaphor, the free way to becoming a published writer. Right. One, it's becoming a lot easier to get published. And two, like you said, it's very easy for a shit review to literally light that on fire and have it all yeah. go into smoke. So at the end of the day... I'm back. Okay. Welcome back. Um, the whole idea of being an armchair quarterback, for lack of a better term, and being able to sit behind a computer screen and, you know, read a book and then pull up your Amazon account and just do, 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 right. type out a purely shit review and piss off a freaking aspiring writer. Slash psychopath. Yeah. Slash psychopath slash stalker slash Norman Bates slash fucking I'm one of two people that has a fucking God complex in this fucking book. Yeah. And check out my um, sweet katana. And she even admits that in the book. There's a part where she acknowledges how if I was face to face with this person, would I really say this shit? And again, that's what this book taps into so deeply is how awful we can be to each other on the internet and how mm -hmm. we some of us would, but most of us wouldn't behave that way in person. Although that's well, more and more it, common nowadays. But in a loose, in a loose kind of perspective, it 
brings up kind of sort of the whole idea of anybody in the world, if they want to, can log into a freaking social media account or whatever the case may be and be the world's biggest asshole slash cyber bully that they want. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that Emma was unjustified in being. You know, and I don't even think she, she was, was mean. No. I don't think she was mean until he antagonized her. She just basically said, this was not my cup of tea. Yeah. And he kept pushing and poking the sleeping bear. And she ended up getting pissed off and aggressively coming back at him. And that's when shit escalated to, you know, the unteenth degree. My favorite, (sighs) my favorite part is when that part that I just read, he sends her that and he spelled your, as in, you know, you're an amateur or whatever. Y-O-U-R, and she just replied black replied back with Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Yeah. That is that is the level of petty that I have, and I have done that to people. And so respect, Emma. Respect. <laughs> yeah, I haven't d- directly pulled that one, but I yeah, that's one of those where I get pissed off at people and it's very like you get heated and it's fun to sit there and poke at you know typos or miscommunications in their well to be fair i've only done it to people who have been shitty to me i don't do that to my friends or like no 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 no, no. around but if somebody's being shitty to me on the internet and they can't even use proper grammar watch out because i'm a grammar nazi and i will come after you we've all seen what i do to people on the internet (laughs) yes shanna's the well no and i've seen (laughs) I've seen shit before where um, people have literally come after Amanda and, uh, I mean, we're talking aggressive fucking hate speech about, I mean, some of it was topics that she did on the SIP list or even postings that she posted on social media. And, oh, dear God. I mean, some of that shit, I'm surprised she didn't go to Facebook jail for you don't want to fuck with me. With what you're... But one of my best friends calls yeah. me a savage wordsmith. She loves me in our next door app because, yeah. And then if you ever need help, you know, tag team partner, you just tag me in, and I. Got oh, of course, you. of course. And I'm gonna sit back with my stale popcorn and watered down soda <laughs> and enjoy the fucking bonfire that happens. So, hashtag don't ever aggressively come after Amanda because are not going to like the results. Yeah, I will I will put you in your place and dig a deeper hole for you. Um, but it is interesting that Emma also acknowledges like what you're talking about, how it's easy for anybody to get online and do their whatever. It is also really easy for anybody to fucking find you. People think that they are so smart. And especially now with TikTok, you've got these people on TikTok that their sole purpose in life is to find people who have wronged people and put them on blast. And sometimes I think people go overboard with that, but also sometimes I think people deserve it. But if you're on the internet, you're never safe. And so to think that you can go online and say whatever the fuck you want and there won't be any consequences, which I'm not saying Emma deserved any in this book, but just in general, it is so easy for people to find you. And people don't think about that. Like you never know when you could piss off the wrong person and they could, come kill you i mean and what really really sucks about that whole thing is like you know you said well some people deserve it and some people don't i am not the kind of person that's going to sit here and pretend like i've never 
you know, said something wrong or, you know, right. But to the the fear of one mistake having, you Mm -hmm. know, having one mistake means that I am forever going to be known as this internet piece of shit is Mm -hmm. terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Especially with what we do. It's Mm -hmm. as a podcaster, I will say it's to me, that is a concern that I have now that I didn't used to have because I'm a good person. I, I can definitely say like, especially going through Facebook memories, I can look at stuff and kind of cringe like, oh, I can't believe I thought that way. But I was also willing to, well, I was was also willing to learn. I, or I was willing to learn and change and grow, which is what everybody should do. But to think, you know, that somebody could go back six years and see something I posted that I have fully learned from and have moved on from. Right. And not only that, but back then, you know, maybe it wasn't bad. You know, it was like common. Like when we were growing up, using the R word was fairly common. Right. But nowadays, you know, if if someone had, you know, a tape of me when I'm 10 years old using the R word, it's completely right. different context. But if they put that out there now, I would be crucified. But a 10 year old me didn't know any better because exactly. everybody was doing it. You can't hold people, you can't hold yesterday's Amanda accountable today to today's standards. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, it boils down to the same shit that Kevin Hart got crucified for. I mean, I I can see where people are coming from with the bringing up the tweets from his past. But at the same time... It's a long time ago. He did. It was a very long time ago. And ultimately, it cost him... The Oscars. His dream job of hosting the, yeah. the Oscars. And it's not like he was running but, for president. Like, no, it, <laughs> I mean, he didn't make the situation any better by refusing to apologize for the stuff he yeah. did. But at the same time, I see exactly where he's coming from and what you ladies are saying, though, where this shit, like, you can say stuff like when we were kids, you know, stuff like using we the R word. We all said that or, word and didn't yeah. know any better. We all said it when we were kids. But because it wasn't, there wasn't social media at the time, there was no proof of the fact that we did or said, said thing. So, but the fact that, you know, there is social media now, unfortunately. You always have a camera in your face, even when you don't think you do. That is the one thing that these things are notoriously bad for is the fact that literally you do or say or look wrong at anybody. Yeah. You will have a freaking camera in your face and you could be literally crucified for whatever the case may be. So, and when you put yourself um, in the public eye, it's even, you know, harder. And mm-hmm. but but I think it's like you have to understand whether somebody has always been and will continue to be that way or if they've chosen to learn and grow, like I have. I mean I, I'm sure you've heard me say this, but the example I always use is the whole Black Lives Matter thing. When that, was, when that was first a thing, I was like, no, all lives matter. I don't understand what this, I like, we all matter. And it was because I didn't understand. I was naive. I didn't, I didn't get it. And as I talked to people and as I understood, like, you know, it's more of like a triage situation and like the comparisons that people made. And I was like, okay, now I get it. I can say black lives matter while still believing all lives matter, but black lives are in trouble. So that's why we're talking about it. Yep. But 
when I first was not saying it that way, it wasn't because I was racist or thought black lives didn't matter. It's because I was naive and just truly think we all matter in the same way. But unfortunately other people don't think that way. And so it, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to learn and grow and talk to people who are in trouble to get that. And it truthfully, it, it took people like like meeting people like Dre and Harvey and having them explain where that whole phrase comes from and why it's important as to, oh, okay, I get it now. And that they are strong enough in their character to be able to have those tough conversations without the judgment. Yes, exactly. Because that's one of those things that I always fear is the fact that, and I'm not trying to put down anybody by it, but there are certain people that probably would not take the time to educate and enlighten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of people like us, that. There, yeah, as to their as as to their point of view, because it's not their job. Dre, Dre and Harvey. It's not. It's not. It's not technically. It's not even Dre and Harvey's job to have done it. But Dre and Harvey took the time and cared enough about our friendship to say, "Hey, here is where we're coming from. Look at it from this perspective." We, as the misguided, stopped and looked at it from that perspective. And it's like, oh, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I got there before I met them, but I still, because I have people in my life that were willing to talk to me about it and kind of, and mm-hmm. uh, honestly, as much as TikTok and internet hurts things, it does help people a lot. I yeah. feel like there's so many things on TikTok that can really help you gain perspective um, but I still like appreciate Dre and Harvey and Cam and even Kendra for like being willing to have the conversations and know that we're not coming from a bad place, but we're coming from a place of naivete or ignorance, you know, which I've always admitted. I have been naive and ignorant about stuff because it's not because I'm racist, it's because I just don't know. So I want to know. We don't live. We yeah. don't live. We don't live their lives. Live yeah. On, for lack of a better term. We don't live on, quote unquote, for lack of a better metaphor, that side of the track. Yeah. We we don't know what it's like to be a colored person in America. Probably shouldn't say colored. <laughs> but African yeah. African American, whatever the Person case. of color. <laughs> you know what I mean. I do not, know what you mean. I'm not trying. I know. I'm not. My words right. come out wrong. And again, I apologize for that. But I know that's not but, what you meant, so. But yeah, exactly. And I've often told people like, you know, when people get into the argument about white privilege and I honestly believe that as white people, we are automatically, I don't want to say privileged because we the are col- to the color of our skin does not make living more difficult. Right. It's not, it's not whether or not it makes what it means is your life is not more difficult because of the color of your skin. Exactly. Everybody has difficulties. And and George yep. and I have had this conversation because he, he, it took a long time for him to understand that he's like, he, and I think especially as white people or anybody takes exception to the word privilege, which is why I wish it wasn't called that. Just like I wish defunding the police wasn't called that because that's not what it really means. you know, George would be the first to say, I've worked my ass off to get where I am. And he did. He worked two jobs throughout college. He paid for college. He has a master's degree. Like he worked his fucking ass off. 
nobody's taking that away from you by saying that you're privileged because you're white. What it means is you being white did not hurt you. Whereas if you had been black, it might've hurt you in some of those situations. And so I think it's hard for people to see that it's, it's not taking anything away from you. It's just saying you don't have the same struggle because of how you were born. Nobody right. can change the color of their skin. It is what it right. is. So that was a big tangent, but <laughs> I hope we. That was a big tangent. And I think. Deep thoughts brought to you by Literature there. Reapers. <laughs> anyway. You steal our favorite phrase that Amanda and I like to throw out there. I believe the phrase you are looking for is anyway. Anyway. So what's your next question? <laughs> So I guess it's time to rip off the Band-Aid and we're going to go in, down this rabbit hole now that we went down the what grab, what pulled you in and got you excited about reading this book. What did you find while reading this book that really made the hair on the back of your neck stand up? Maybe that's a polite way of saying it, but Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. What pissed you off more than anything about oh, the book okay. as a whole? Going after yeah. the dog. Leave yeah. Wi-Fi alone. Yes. I, I wanted to say we need to post a trigger warning for this. Um, as pet lovers, I was very upset about the things that happened to the poor dog. Hashtag, I texted both of you well in advance of you getting to that point <laughs> and said, you might want to be forewarned. There may or may yeah. not be shenanigans coming that might be a trigger warning. Well, so. I'm just glad that the dog Yay survived. for me. I, yes. Yes. Hashtag that dog went through fucking hell for fucking, mm -hmm. what, 360 damn pages? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That dog yeah. is a badass. That poor doggy. Um, I, I mean, are, are we getting to, cause I can tell you what I didn't like about it. If we're going to go ahead and get to the end with the, the spoilers and the whatnot. I mean, we gave our listeners I mean, a full month to read this book. So yeah. if they haven't read it, then they should yeah. be prepared for spoiler alerts as they come. And if you're not going to read it, then just listen to us talk about it and you'll know yeah. whether or not you want to read it. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think we're going to necessarily say anything for, I mean, if we've said something that's got you interested in reading the book, by all means, stop go ahead now. and read the damn book. And, and stop the back and listen. If you don't want yeah. to have it spoiled and have all of that, now would be the time to pause and come back after you finish reading or read the book, please, because shit's about ready to get real at this point. And... I don't want to ruin the reading experience for people because reading is one of those things that it takes a lot of time to get through from point A to point B. And it yeah. can be frustrating when people spoil it for you. So in five, four, three, two, one, <laughs> spoilers. Another. Now you are free to do whatever you want to say. Everybody's been warned. Um, I want to issue another trigger warning about child loss. That is one of the things I didn't see coming and that I really, what? I did not see that coming. Either. I did not see that coming at all. Um, the entire book leads you to believe that Emma has lost her husband, Sean, that he died in, in a car crash. And 
what we come to find out, which is even more tragic and just makes everything about the book so more heartbreaking, is that she did accidentally but did cause a car crash that killed their baby. And so, you know, it's and now she's separated from her husband. Um, She kind of went off the rails and just vanished. Like ghosted her family. It's crazy, especially ghosting the husband. But I know that if I ever did something intentionally or not that caused the death of my child, in the beginning of the book, like in the stuff she's talking about, she's clearly there to kill herself. I think I would probably do the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm not strong enough to handle that. I'll be the first to admit it. There's things I can deal with. If my child died, that would be hard enough. But if I caused my child's death, I would, I don't think I could go on. And I think that makes me weak, but whatever. I think she had a lot of guilt because Sean kept telling her, you know, pay attention to the road, pay attention to the road. And she's like, no, it's fine. And because she looked down at her phone, you know, she wasn't like the so many what ifs, like, had I been paying attention to the road, could I have missed the collision, you know? And she does say, you know, there's so many minuscule things Mm -hmm. that everything just happened at once, you know. Because the accident was so minor. It was. And it just happened to be because the baby's head was turned a specific way. Yeah. And there really wasn't any damage. It just broke her fragile little neck bones. What are you doing? Hashtag hands-free device. We in yeah. an evening at the movies do not condone driving and holding on to and texting and talking on the phone and all of that. So yeah. please, we encourage you, put your fucking phone down. And if you need to take care of something on the phone, pull the fuck over and don't drive and text at the same time. Yeah, for real. Um, okay, so stuff I I guess I didn't like. Um, like I said at the beginning, I was a little thrown off. And not because supernatural stuff is not intriguing to me. It's because that's not how the book was advertised. So in the beginning, I'm like, I'm thinking this is going to be like a stalker, like potential serial killer story. And at first they're making it out like, sorry, like it's she's seeing things like she's got a ghost or something like that. So eventually they eventually they correct that. And I was good. But at first I was like, this isn't the book I signed up to read. So what's happening? Um. No, this is the book you signed up to let Shanna pick. (laughs) And then, of course, you know, I I thought it was interesting how they make H.G. Kane, like, you think that all along he's writing this novel, and he's a fucking psychopath. So it was really scary to me as I'm reading it. But I told I told Shanna, or I told both you guys, I one of my three theories was that Deke was involved somehow, and of course he fucking is. And what set me off to that was knowing that H.G. Kane and Deke knew each other. Yeah. I, I immediately, it's like Deke's involved after I read that. Um, I was, I, I thought it was good, but I was a little disappointed that it turns out that H.G., a.k.a. Howie, was really just a sniveling little tit bag. And that this whole book that's being written was actually written by Deke, who is the real psychopath. Um, so I don't know. So that, that could be a good I, thing I had or a bad in- thing, but yeah. I had that initial feeling about Deke early. And then mm-hmm. I kind of sort of lost it for a little bit. And about the time, spoiler alert, that he shows up, literally Alive at still. the damn house. 
and gets stabbed in the fucking neck with a screwdriver. I'm like, okay, something is off here. I know he approached the subject of let's meet face-to-face, blah, 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 and she's kind of sort of turned it down. But at the end of the day, shit's starting to go down, and all of a sudden he just shows up, and he gets stabbed. And there was still a little bit of doubt in the back of my head, but it's like, okay, something, there's something here, and I wanted to be guarded so that when the big reveal happened, I wasn't as surprised. And then as the story kept progressing, it's like, no, they're they're going to do it. They're going to pull the yeah. trigger on. Ultimately, Deke is the one that's being the puppet master and pulling all the strings and ultimately at the end of the day that's what it fucking was well i think the thing oh sorry i was gonna say howie was writing some of that shit because of the way he was like self-grandiating or whatever himself like he was a sneaky ninja with his stealthy katana blade i'm like really i'm so smart by the way when Taylor Adams wrote a very well manipulated psychotic teenage mutant ninja turtle with the fucking katana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever I mean, even to the extent that hashtag um, this metaphor was made at one point towards the end of the book, and I don't know if Amanda caught it or not, um, where Howie was referred to as Michael Myers with a katana. Yes. Yeah. There was lots of good. I wish I had all my things written down that I've flagged, but um, no. That was one of my favorite aspects of it. It was like, okay, fucker just pulled a damn slasher movie reference right out of the middle of fucking nowhere and actually made a pretty clear comparison as to what Howie kind of sort of was like at that point in the story. So hats off to Taylor for that one. Well, I was trying to but remember I kept thinking what... throughout the damn thing, though, with the whole katana, katana, katana. It's like, oh my god, he's fucking Donatello from the damn Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and then he breaks it. <laughs> stabbing at the wall. Uh, no, I was trying to remember the thing that... Okay, now me... he's Dennis Hopper from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna start chopping at the fucking wall and Dennis Hopper chopping at the fucking wood with the damn chainsaw. Wah, wah. Um, the thing that made me, I, I was saying like, oh, they knew each other or something. No, I remember now. Sorry. It was the, um, when she figures out he was a writer. That's when I was like, okay, Deke's a writer. This dude that's after her is a writer. Like, there's got to be some kind of um, correlation. Yeah. And, and well, that's and actually really funny. That- like. Well, I just it makes sense because it gets brought up very early in the uh, Emma Deke relationship with them doing the corresponding back and forth between their houses with playing hangman and the fact that she can't ever beat him at hangman. So obviously, mm-hmm. he's very good with coming up with eloquent words. So I thought it may have taken a little him. while to get to the whole uh-huh moment, but yeah. I got the feeling that she never beat him. So 
Maybe I remember I there being a part. I remember reading. there being a part when he was talking about how good she was at it and how he could never win. Yeah. And she was okay, really. I may have missed that part, but she was really funny. I thought I in also this read book and like. <laughs> and I love the way that her and her dog like talked, like because I yeah. do that with my dog. I talk to him, and then in oh, my yeah. head he answers me back. So I'm like, oh, she's my kind of people. Well, and here's my other thought, too, is if this movie was done, or if this book was adapted back in, I don't know, say, the early part of the 80s, maybe the late 70s, that, and I don't, I'm going to actually pose this question to both of you as well, but um, I'm going to throw this out there before it gets, you know, stolen and I'm left with my dick flapping out in the wind. But a good potential person to play Emma if it was done like back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, hashtag Jamie Lee Curtis. I can see that Jamie she was Lee innocent Curtis. back then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not as well, obviously not as much. Maybe she could play the mom. Um, if it was done jewels today. yeah yeah i but could see anna kendrick being a good emma that's not a bad idea either i was gonna go um Shannon. lily reinhardt yeah i could see that too um because it's got to be somebody who can have the you know sadness and the empathy but also the you know spark and the fire of like you know because she's pretty witty and clever and funny in some of this book and just you know she's basically unstoppable so yeah. i don't know if lily reinhardt could pull that off as much but i do like she's so cute uh -huh. um that man i was just like flipping through my notes in this one part where he's he's talking about um you know, you learn a lot about the female body when you're cutting it up. That gave me fucking chills. Like, oh my god, I cringed. It's, it's very psychotic. Yeah. Very okay, Hannibal so, Lecter-esque. Right. Alright, so I'm sorry, Shanna, was there anything else you wanted to say about what Casey asked? Um, parts that I did not like as well. Of course, the ending. Amanda and I have a lot to talk about when it comes to the ending yeah, and I'm how ready. many loose ends there were. After we oh. get done with this, I'm we're just going to jump right into the whole ending thing, so be prepared for that. Ooh, 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 ooh. Put, a, put a pause on that really quick, but... I love when she so ki when she's killing. Oh, sorry, good. I just wanted to say really quick. I posed a question to everybody's favorite um, muser, Mister Chancy Greif, as to whether or not he might be willing to do a literature reapers episode. Um, yeah, I got to admit, I usually don't do well with fiction, but that could be a fun episode to do. I'd totally do it for you guys. So, 
Let's do flowers. You got it. Oh, my God. Uh, that book is so fucked up on so many levels. Every single book by V.C. Andrews is rapey yes. in some way. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I can see the meltdowns coming from Chansey now. Okay, so can I say something really um, okay, quick so back, before? Back Sorry, real quick before Shanna goes. Yes. I when I was thinking I wanted this to be made into a movie, I just came upon one of my notes or flags that I would love to see in this movie, and it's when she's having the fight scene with Howie, and um, she's got the like the bottom part of the katana. It's like a knife, and she goes to stab him in the chest, and she's like. Howard, your book really sucked. <laughs> she stabs him in the chest. How great would that be to see in a movie? Yes, and then she calls 911, and she's like, he's dead. And they're like, are you sure? And she shoots him in the head. She's like, yes, now I'm, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> it's very Sydney Prescott. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Not in my movie. <laughs> so, Shanna. Yes. So, Was there anything else you didn't like besides what you, we didn't talk about? That's it for me. Okay. Okay, so really quick. Um, I will say this. For the most part, um, there isn't a whole lot of inaccuracies in this book as far as Washington goes as a whole. Um, to my knowledge, I've seen a lot of this state. Um, to my knowledge, Strand Beach is not an actual location. Is it based um, off an actual are, location? There's a lot of similar communities, especially along the Olympic Peninsula, that could be very Strand Beach-esque. Port Townsend, Port Angeles, you know, basically any of the communities up along the peninsula between the Puget Sound and Pacific Ocean, definitely. Um, there are references in the book to legitimate, actual communities in the state. Um, like when Jules finally returns to the house, she made reference to the fact that um, she was on her way to Ocean Shores. And she figured she'd stop by and check on um, Emma. Uh, Ocean Shores is the beach, one of the two beaches. It's like a half hour, 45 minutes from my house. So um, that definitely gave me the impression that the fictitious Strand Beach is located in that beachfront community of the peninsula. Um, so I don't have a lot of hatred and hate speech for the inaccuracies. I kind of sort of appreciate the fact that when you create your own community in a legitimate place like Washington, it, get, it opens the door to um, you don't have to be accurate. and Because if you go to, okay, say if you set your story in a place like Seattle and then you're describing going through from point A to point B and 
if things don't exactly go the right way, you're going to have people who live in Seattle and be like, um, that's not how you get from there to there and blah, blah, blah. So it's best to just create your own little town. And that way you can say, hey, it's in my head, not in reality. So fuck you. Right. But. Um, so, yeah, One thing most I also of- want to bring up is like how much Jules needs to be held accountable. Like, she Mm -hmm. knew that her fucking kid was a creeper. Like, stage one creeper. And knew that he was probably the intruder in the home. And she had to have known about some, at least have an inkling about Laura. Yeah. And the fact that she's just like, the fact that she sent her a taser instead of an actual weapon it's because she didn't mm. want her to hurt her kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She knew her well, son was a This is one of those danger. moments. Sorry. This is this is one of those moments where I'm starting to suspect, okay, is Jules going to turn out to be literally like Norma Bates to Norman? Right. And like a contributing factor to – because I still wasn't 100% sold at this point on De- – I, I had suspicions on Deke. Like I said, but I had the hope in the back of my head that no, they're not going to go to the cheap bump, bump, bump. It's Deke. But I kept it. the other obvious way to go would be Jules. Jules. And that's what I but, thought first when he opened up the door and he's like, Mom. I was like, What? Right. And then I read Amanda more. Said, and then you could honestly, like, I don't know if she. Like, I think she was in serious denial. I think she knew, but I think she was in, like, serious fucking denial about the danger that her son presented to the world. For sure. For sure. Um, are we ready to talk about the end? Um, Yes. I'm trying to... I don't have anything else that I truly hate except for what I have to say about the ending. So um, which one of the two of you wants to go first and bring up their first point that they hated about the looseness of the ending? Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me. Oh, well, can, can I summarize it first or do you want to do yes. it? Yes, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to summarize the first ending and then we'll go from there. Okay, <laughs> so we're at the end of the book. <laughs> I, I, a, the I fake ending. The, fact, the, the clue ending to the last word. Yes. This is what happened, but here's here's what from this happened. perspective. So, and yes, honestly, so if this had George. been the actual ending, I would have been pissed. I might have thrown the book, but it still would have made more sense to me than what they did after. Yeah, but here we go. So, Deke's got Emma. Emma knows Deke is the bad guy. Howard was his, you know, Patsy, whatever. Um, Deke's driving her out to the water. He takes her backpack that she was originally going to drown herself with, straps it on her, throws her in the water. He had drugged her. And he had drugged her. Yeah. So she's drowning. She sees her baby that died in the accident. She hugs her baby. She can smell her baby. She's like, baby, I love you. We're back together again. Um, Whatever. I'm coming home. She, Shelby's alive. Shelby is okay. Everything is okay. And then you get to... Deke writing the book. In her final moments, I hope she found peace. 
And then goes on to talk about how Emma died and wherever she is now, she's not hurting anymore. And I wish I could talk to her again and tell her what happened to her daughter wasn't her fault. And we thank her for taking down Howard and just this whole beautiful, albeit we know, fake ending to his book because we know he killed her. Um, Except. you're, You're reading Emma Carpenter lost her greatest battle within herself. The end. Okay, cool. Then you flip the page over and it says acknowledgements. Now, this is where Shanna stopped reading because she thought it was the typical author acknowledgements. I kept reading because I noticed the font was the same as the author font in the rest of the book and not what the actual font was. And then, you know, it's it's basically Deke writing the acknowledgements in his book. And so you get through all this. He's thanking people. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I think Emma I'm donating to the, you know, suicide, blah, 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 charities, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, this part. Your pain is over. You can rest now. Fuck that motherfucking fucker. And then you keep reading, and that's not the end. <laughs> uh, uh, Shanna, do you want to take over from here? Is that what you wanted to talk about? So then you get this transcript of a 911 call between Deke and 911, and he's explaining about how he's concerned about his neighbor and how he saw her in her garden filling up her backpack with rocks. And he was fairly concerned that she might have an inclination to end her life. So he just wanted to let them know because he hadn't heard from her that morning, you know, since the day before. And he was concerned. So then the, the dispatcher is like, do you mean Emma so-and-so? And he was like, yeah. And they're like, well, no need to worry. She's here. Aren't you glad she's here? Aren't you glad she's here? And then they're like, sir, sir, are you there? And then the phone goes dead. Yeah. And then you get Emma in the police station. And it clearly says when she gives her statement to the police, blah, 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 blah. She's deliberately vague about what she about what she can remember in the moments after Deacon Cowell threw her off the rocky seawall. Which means she must have told the police that he did that to her. That's what I infer from that sentence. Is that what if you not, guys... they saw it on her arm because she put Deke yeah. killed me. Which was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yes, that was brilliant. She carved it into her arm so that they would fi- yeah, just so If she did die, is... then when they found the body, then there's your proof right, right. there that... yeah. Now that brings my question. Did Deke know she did that? Yes. Huh. He saw it, but he was like, it won't matter. You'll be beat, you'll be oh, eaten yeah, by you'll fish be and blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. All right. Deke writes his book, obviously, because we read it and we even see the acknowledgments, which means that book was written. Yeah. Emma also goes to the police because she didn't die and tells them that Deacon tried to kill her. And then Emma leaves and goes to be with Sean again. So here here are my things. If she told the police what happened to her the same night that it happened, how did Deke have time to write that book before he went to jail, if he went to jail? Two, did she just let Deke get away with it and he got to write his book and she got to go off on her own? And three, if that's the case, why would she not be worried about him coming after her and Sean? None of this makes sense. Taylor Adams, if you're listening, told, I don't get it. I don't think she told the cops about Deke. 
I think she, that's not how it was written. So that's what confuses me. I think the that, part where yeah, it says she was vague and ambiguous about, you know, the events leads but me it, to believe that maybe she didn't, you know, like. But it says she was vague about what happened after he threw her into the river. Maybe the she way. killed him. But he got to write his book, so that can't maybe be Maybe it case. was already written. I mean, I, I don't know, I guess. I just... None of it makes sense to me. I mean, she lived, he lived, he gets away with it. D do we think he's just going to leave her alone when he went that far out of his way to kill her because she was a loose end? I think she did something to him. Otherwise, why would she be so ambiguous and vague about the, what happened between the time that she climbed out of that water to the time, you know, that she talked to the police? Like, that leads me to believe that she did something to him. Then how did his book get published? And that book clearly uses her name and says she is dead. And she's clearly not dead. Yeah. I don't like, know. It's I don't know. Up. Yeah, I don't know. So here's what we're saying. I'm going to sum it up with, you know, one big fat. There's so much ambiguity in this ending that I feel like it was just thrown together because... As you can you can tell as you're writing the book that you know you're getting you know three hundred ish pages into the book and you need to start you know wrapping it up because truthfully this is not a story that warrants an eleven hundred page publication like some of you know the great works like Stephen King but. I, I really don't know. And I really honestly, at this point, and I, I agree with what Amanda said earlier, and I'm actually going to still tag Taylor Adams. Taylor, you have some explaining to do. But yes, if Taylor Adams, if you listen to this episode, please, please, please reach out to us and please be willing to come on. Is it Literature possible there's going to be another book? I mean, maybe. And I got that impression because you. Because you can't just leave possibly it. Because be. it, it came to an abrupt end really quickly, both, I mean, post pre acknowledgement and post acknowledgement, where Shanna first stopped and then where, Shana, <laughs> where we all finally stopped. <sighs> Sorry, and guys. You're fine. So definitely, um, if there's something else in the works for a sequel, then, oh my God, it needs to hurry up so that um, we can put to bed any thoughts and confusion we have over this ending and see exactly what you as an author have in mind. Because, um, and nothing against your writing, because... Well, that's okay, not the so <laughs> I, I, I feel like, as a whole, why don't we just go ahead and move into our reviews and give our thoughts? Because okay. I think anything that we're going to say about the ambiguity of the ending and all of that is probably going to come up in the review as well. Yeah. And we're honestly getting to about that time anyway that we yeah, need to for sure. 
start thinking about um, our reviews and our ratings. So um, and we got a movie to watch. <laughs> that too, and because definitely we're recording an evening at the movies on that tomorrow. So Shanna got to go. F- Wait a minute. I'll go first. I'm, yeah. I'm, matter. Shanna, you can go first on, on 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 your review. So the floor is yours. I am going to go three and a half out of five. Um, taking my personal safety out of the equation. <laughs> if Howie wants to come for me, come on, Howie. It's, it's not a one star. I think you'll be okay. Yeah. I really, up until like the last hundred pages, I thought it was great. And I felt like the last 75 to hundred pages were very rushed. So mm-hmm. I would rather have maybe had a little less of the middle and more structure and substance in the ending. But it makes me wonder if the ending wasn't d- designed to do exactly what it's doing. And that's making people talk about it and question it and discuss it and come up with different theories. And we all know the best advertisement for a book is word of mouth and controversy and, you know, people talking about it. So if that was the the effort or that was the plan, would you stop it, you little weirdo? Um, I will not. <laughs> if that was the if that was Taylor Adams' plan, then well done, sir. So I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay. Okay, Weenie. Um, I'm gonna give it three point eight. Um, I agree with pretty much everything Shanna said. I I did enjoy you know the the writing and the humor. Like I said, the beginning was a little slow for me. Um, I liked the action towards the end of the book, but it did feel a little rushed. Um, I agree with what you said about, you know, starting conversations and controversy or whatever, but as a reader, and I know we don't always get this because that's not real life. As a reader, you kind of want some sort of tidy ending. Like if the book had just ended with his book acknowledgement and that was the end, would I have been pissed? For sure. But we had already been told like a hundred pages prior that Emma was going to die. We were yeah. told. We've been telling the whole book. Yeah, th- that, we knew you know, the entire time. people were going to die. So it's not like we're surprised that she died. We're surprised that she didn't die. And I can't reconcile that Emma either did or didn't tell the police about him. Um, the book makes it seem like she did, but let's assume she didn't. I can't believe that Deke got to write this book which is a nonfiction book about a real life tragedy naming her by name that she died. And he just got to get away with this and make money off it. And that after he tried so hard to kill her and make it look like a suicide that he didn't try to find her again. It's just like, what, she if, he, what if the book was never published? I mean, I could see that, but then how are we getting to read it as the reader? It, it, you have to, if that's the case, that should have been let on to us, at least at the very end. Like, yeah. this this is a manuscript, and Emma found it after she killed him, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Because what we're led to believe is this book got published, and Emma and Sean got back together, which I was happy about. But I can't believe that they just each go their separate ways, and nothing ever happens. Right. It's, it's inconceivable given the way the book and the story was presented. So that's what makes me mad about the ending. I'm okay with endings that aren't happy, but they need to be tidy, and this wasn't tidy. Yeah. 
But other than that, Matt, I enjoyed it. So, Shit. Sorry. So, I have already kind of sort of spoiled the fact that um, I am personally a um, fan of safety. So, I'm going to be rating this <laughs> I'm going to be rating this book 15 out of 5. If Taylor comes for us, this is published on, I mean, it'd be stupid to come after us, but hey, whatever. If it works for Deacon. That's true. (laughs) Like I have said a couple of times already, though, you know, I live in the same state that Taylor Adams does. So safety purposes alone, 15 out of 5. Great fucking book. Epic. Mwah, chef's kiss. Masterpiece. Um, Best book I've ever on, read. Okay, now that I've thrown the hilarity of all of that down out and I mean, it was a good book. Little... We're not trashing it by any means, mm-hmm. so <coughs> no, but we're being I subjective. wanted to throw that I wanted okay. to throw that joke out there just because I thought, you know, it's kind of funny and why not? I mean, it literally the stars all lined up to have a whole, okay, Casey's going to be a sniveling little bitch and play the whole, I'm not giving it one star rating. I'm going to make not a one star. Book. Sure. I, no, it's not by any stretch of the imagination, but I wanted to throw the whole concept of, you know, being overly cautious and protecting my ass. <laughs> I live in yes, I am a sucker. <laughs> I fully admit that. And you know, I'm okay with it. Uh, um, but at the end of the day, there's definitely aspects of this book that I completely enjoyed. Um, it can get kind of slow at points. And like Shanna said, um, I think it was Shanna had said, you know, one of the two of you said that maybe a little bit less of the middle would help to have given more room to help clear up the ambiguity of the ending. and given you more time to develop that. Uh, the more we talked about it, though, there's something deep down in the pit of my stomach right now that's telling me that this is not the end of the D Chronicles. And that's not be the last time we're going to see. We may not necessarily see more, per se, of Deke and Emma, but I think you probably have potential for more of Deke as a crazy psychotic killer than Yeah. There there's potential here and at the end of the day, like, you know, it's one of my favorite phrases, but um I just truthfully I'm gonna go in my heart of hearts I'm going to agree with Shannon, go 3.5 out of 5, which is a great rating. I probably would have gone 4 or maybe a little bit higher if it wasn't for the damn ambiguity of the ending and how rushed it felt. I agree. I mean, both of you ladies know how much I am a huge, huge Stephen King fan. And King is notorious for giving his writers some of the most fucked up endings in literature history. So I'm accustomed to But they're to actually in is the thing. But that's that's the thing though, is as fucked up as they all are, 
it's a legitimate ending where I don't feel like the ending of the last word was a legitimate ending to the story, which is why I've got that feeling deep in my stomach that we're not done with this story just yet. So 3.5 out of five. And I highly recommend, and I'm sure, well, I won't speak for the other. I'll let them speak for themselves. But I, as one of your three hosts will say, if you like this kind of story, <coughs> I definitely recommend you go pick it up just before warned that it might be a little bit difficult at times. Um, trigger warnings, animal abuse and child, early childhood death and the ambiguity of the ending and gore, but, <laughs> but definitely you know. it can get gory at times too, but definitely check it out. If that is your cup of tea, I, I enjoyed it as a whole. Yeah. With the, like, like we both, all three said the same, we all have pretty much have the same gripes about it. So um, what do you both think about recommending yay or nay for the book? I mean, I, I would definitely, I would recommend it. It was an interesting read. It, it's not terrible. It was, it was kind of fun. And at the very least you get some real life information about Laika, the Soviet space dog, who was the first earthling to orbit the earth. Yes. <laughs> Poor Laika, who they they sent up there specifically to die. Yeah, little mutt. But hey, that I part was real. Something new every day. The more you so know. So for me, so. this book, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about reading this book. What do you think?" I would be like, "Yeah, definitely give it a, a try." However, it's not one that I would go out of my way to recommend to someone. Like I've read some books yeah. where I am just like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. And I physically give someone my copy because I am that adamant about it. And this is not one of those books. It's not one that I will probably pick up and read again. Yeah. But it was a fun read. For sure. I'll, oh, I'm, I'll put it on my shelf. And, if, and depending upon if we ever get a sequel. If we get a sequel, I may revisit it, especially in like an audio capacity. That way I can refresh my memory as to the plot as we move into said sequel. But yeah, I agree with Shanna. I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way. Oh, it's been six months. Oh, it's been a year since I read this. I need to read it again. It's not yeah. the fucking Shining, people. Yeah, which I've read like so. no less than 15 times. So would this be a good time so, to um, let everyone know what our next book is? Yes. I was actually just going to say, Shanna, would you like to let everybody know what we are going to be reading next? Absolutely. We are going to be ending Hashtag, again. Hashtag, in case you don't remember the title. <laughs> Hashtag, it was my pick again. So everyone is welcome. So we are going to be reading The Spare Room by Andrea Bartz. Um, I picked my copy up on Amazon. I think Casey did the same. Amanda will be acquiring her copy. It's basically about a woman who is pandemic time. Everybody's, you know, hunkered down with their quarantine people. And she's in a bad relationship and a friend of hers gives her the option to come stay with her and her husband in their mansion. 
And she's like, sweet, I can get out of the situation I'm in. So she goes and stays with them, gets involved in a threesome, and they invite her to be a part of their marriage. And then, like, she finds out that the person that was staying in the room before her has gone missing. So I am super excited about this one. I think it might be a steamy thriller. Sounds steamy. It it definitely sounded very intriguing when you sent us the screenshot of the plot description. So I am glad that this episode is recorded and done. And well, it's not done because we got to do the wrap up. But we are in the process of going home on this episode. So definitely, yes, we will be reading the spare room. So if you want to join us. Next month for our episode, definitely we highly recommend going and picking it up and reading it before the episode releases. Yes. Um, the other idea before we go into our um, closing that I wanted to bring up to Amanda because she had brought up the fact that um, she has a couple of ideas for Chansey. And technically our rotation for this next segment of four episodes, we have already the order in process and technically Amanda is next up in line behind Shelby or not <laughs> Shelby. Fucking, I'm looking at fucking Shanna's freaking play name. name and Shelby came out um, but Amanda mentioned Frankie she had ideas Shelby. for a book had a book uh, had an idea for a couple ideas for Chansey when he comes on and I was thinking we could do that for October since and that was October is supposed to be my month. So I wanted to see you want to go ahead and swap months yep. and you can do the October well, with, and pick Chancey's, pick Chancey's book. I mean, if it's the September book, we're not going to release the episode till October. So I think that's okay. I'm good. Whatever. Don't you or not really? Because well, if it's the October it's, book, the episode's well, going to come out in November. Is, because this one will come out in August. The listener's choice comes out in September. No, yours will come out in September. Yeah, Shanna's is listener's August. Mine would be September. October. So just switch yours with listener's so choice. Mine would but... be November. Yeah. But yeah, if I pick a book for September and we release the episode in October, I think that'll be good for it being a horror whatever. So this will be the August. So yours will be September. So... That should be fine. Okay. I had everything screwed up in my brain. So anyway, thank you everybody for being here. We had a fun time discussing this. And technically while we're sitting here, I even came up for a way to close this episode. So I thought the, actually, will... Shanna got... actually, I thought the person who picked the movie got to give the closing line. You know what? We're I, movie again. We have, we have to, the we have to talk about this off the air. You go ahead. Okay. So yeah. We'll go with, okay, Shanna can do the closing. And because Shanna got to go first on the whatever, Amanda, um, say goodbye to the listeners and remind them about who you are and what you do. I'm Amanda. I'm the host of The Sip List, a top five podcast. And you can find that and some other shows at the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network. Um, I also host Crime Rewind with Shanna and An Evening at the Movies with Casey and the show you're listening to right now. Yay. Um, so before I go, um, did 
you come up with something to wrap the show up with, Shan? Oh, yeah. I've had something. Okay. Okay, great. That's even better because mine actually was kind of sort of half-assed and winged, but so um, go ahead and remind, say goodbye to the listeners and remind them who you are, Shan, and I will go and then you can wrap up the episode. So I the am floor is yours. Shanna. I am Shanna. I am one of the hosts right here with Literature Reapers. I also, with Amanda, co-host our true crime podcast that comes out every Tuesday called Crime Rewind, where you can get your true crime fix every week, where Amanda and I talk about old and cold cases, and hopefully one day we will help bring somebody to justice. Um, I'm also a pretty frequent flyer on the SIP list and an evening at the movies, so... If you look hard enough, I'm sure you can catch me on one of those episodes. And then um, you can find me, you know, on all of the socials. So now it's your turn, Casey Box. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the results episode that dropped um, yesterday as we released this episode, um, the next six weeks of an evening at the movies will be guested by Shanna. Shanna has been invited to be a part of our Robin Williams revealing Robin Williams tournament revealings every week. So each week you will get to hear the lovely musings of myself and Amanda and Shanna as we reveal what the voters think is the greatest Robin Williams movie of all time. So tune in and vote and get your results each and every week. That'll be a fun time as well. Um, I am Casey. I am one of the hosts of An Evening at the Movies with that one right there. (laughs) I am a co-host on Literature Reapers with Casey and Amanda. Shannon and Amanda? You're Casey. You're Casey. I'm Casey with Amanda and... Shanna. Yeah, but you said uh, where I co-host with Casey and Amanda. Did I? Oh, well, yeah. my bad. Anyway. So, I um, want to be but, like Shan. I want to be like all of my fucking co-hosts. But definitely you can find An Evening at the Movies wherever you get your podcast listing fix. And like Amanda said, as part of the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network at www.idnmtrpodcastnetwork.com um, Literature Reapers is available in a lot of places that you can get your podcast listing fixed. So definitely check that out and help us keep Literature Reapers towards the top of the Good Pods rankings as well. Um, we would like to climb maybe by the next time we see you guys closer towards being a top 10 show. So listen and help us do that as well. Um, Lots of stuff coming up. You can find us on all forms of social media as well. I won't go into all the plans. But um, definitely stay tuned. Stay involved. We love to have our listeners involved in everything that we do. So if you are interested, though, in being a part of an evening at the movies, Pick a movie, get a hold of myself or Amanda, and let us know. And we would gladly have anybody on to come and discuss some of their favorite movies with us as well. Because having new guests is always an incredible 
fun time. So with all of that said, thank you guys for being here. Thank you to my co-host for being here. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us, even though we know you're going through the stuff that you're going through. We love you, and you are awesome for being here with us. And Shan, go ahead and take us home with your conclusion. First of all, on behalf of Casey, Amanda, and I, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to us talk about a book. Um, some of you may not have read, some of you may have, but if it's not your cup of tea, please tune in next week or, do, or next month. We're doing it all over again. So we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you as long as you keep the rocks out of your backpack and your ankles out of the ocean. We out. <laughs> Bye.